0: You're listening to Going Places. I'm your host, Kara Orbo. I initially started this podcast to learn more about the ins and outs of travel. Eventually, I discovered there's so much more to a person than where they go. My goal is to learn more from people who are going places. I've interviewed community leaders, entrepreneurs, veterans, authors, and experts who tell fascinating stories and give amazing advice. Thanks for tuning in, and I can't wait to see where you go. Hi, everyone. You're listening to Going Places. I'm your host, Kara Orbell, and today I'm talking to Brian Burke. He is the founder and chief Mac officer at sellyourmac.com. He's an entrepreneur, a philanthropist, a LinkedIn expert, and a foodie, and I'm so excited to have him on the show. Thank you so much Woo-hoo! for being on the show.
1: Thanks for having me, Kara. I'm excited to chat and share my energy and all my passions with your guests.
0: Yeah, it's going to be great. I just want to kind of explain what Sell Your Mac is before we dive in. But SellYourMac.com is a re-commerce and IT asset service transition company committed to preserving Mac technology, and they reuse, recycle, and refurbish computers, and they make sure that there is zero landfill waste with computers that he founded in 2006. So that's huge, and I'm so excited to have you on.
1: (laughs) There's a lot of big words in there. So your audience can take away that we buy and sell Apple devices. It's literally that simple.
0: Great. I love it. And I can't wait to hear more about it. So Sweet. I want to start from the very beginning, because I love to hear about um, my interviews, childhood. But I know you had a love from computers from the ve- from the very beginning. So do you mind diving into that?
1: Yeah, I have loved computers ever since I got my first Mac in grade school. You know, very fortunate to have that technology when I was young. Uh, of course, the internet was kind of at its infancy. So you know, now if you're, uh, in grade school, you can be on Google and stuff like that. We weren't doing that at the time, but we were on AOL. <laughs> oh. So, uh, you yeah, know, meeting a lot of people on, on AOL was kind of uh, how I got started on technology and uh, just learning um, to do different things, kind of programming with some of these really basic applications, got my kind of mind working on there. And I was really interested in, really interested in how computers worked, and I wanted people to know about it. Mm-hmm. Um, so, you know, I was always sharing about uh, technology, you know, behind how computers worked. And I was even able to basically lead my fifth grade computer class. You know, my, my teacher knew nothing about computers and I just had a knack for it. So I just kind of, you know, took over. I have a kind of a natural uh, tendency to want to lead and to share. And I've never uh, held back from that. So in any situation I'm in, if I have something that I think can bring value, I'm going to put it out there. So, you know, at the time it was computers and I've kind of kept that going, you know, my whole life. Um, you know, when I was in high school, I was you know, helping people and with computer lessons and stuff like that. Um, and you know, everyone in, in the school would always ask me how to do different things. Kind of the de facto tech expert. And you know, that continues today. I, you know, I get multiple uh, Facebook messages every day from someone with an Apple question. So always trying oh, to help.
0: I love that, and it really shows your passion for serving others as well as your love for technology. So that's really cool. That's amazing. It's fun. I want to talk a little bit more about the entrepreneurial spirit because you founded sellyourmac.com. And I think this is so fascinating to me. Whenever I meet any entrepreneur, I love the idea of an entrepreneurial mindset. So can you talk about what the entrepreneurial mindset means to you and if you think you have it?
1: To me, I've always wanted to figure out how to make money and to add value. And, you know, at a younger age, I was uh, buying and selling different things in high school. Um, And you actually technically started buying and selling, you know, jewelry back in early grade school on the sidewalk. But when I had more of a business, I was buying and selling Audi car parts um, in high school. I was very passionate about that. I love Audi. So that was my kind of first kickoff into doing eBay. Okay. And then when I got to college, I saw all these people had technology that they didn't know what to do with. And they were frankly a little bit too lazy to sell it on their own. Mm-hmm. So I took my entrepreneur spirit. Hey, I can add value to them by paying them for the device instead of it sitting in a drawer and I can turn around and make sure that someone else can use it and, you know, keep it out of landfills and keep it going. So I was, you know, super stoked to be able to, uh, you know, offer my friend, let's just say, you know, $30 and then go on you know, eBay and sell it for 60 and you know, kind of, everyone did better from that. Yeah. And I, you know, that's been my mentality um, kind of, kind of throughout. And so I would say I do have the entrepreneurial spirit and the other thing with entrepreneur spirit, it's all about passion. Mm -hmm. If you're not passionate about it, you're not going to work hard enough at it. So you could maybe have a job and then you, you know, turn it off, after five o'clock, you know, my entrepreneur mindset is going when I'm in the shower, when I'm about to go to bed. I mean, I can't even turn it off. I have trouble even sleeping because I want to do more and, you know, get more work done but I do realize I have a life and I have a little kid. So I do need to sleep.
0: Oh, <laughs> that's amazing. That's so interesting. I like your definition and I always get a different definition for every person I interview. So that was a good yeah, It's one. very unique. Yeah, it is. And it's cool. It's cool to see how that works. So I want to talk- Got to bring that passion. Correct me if I'm wrong, but you started your company in the middle of a recession or there was something- I did. We're in a low. How did you overcome the fear of like, being in a recession, overcoming that to create your company?
1: For my business, the fact that we were buying and selling used technology, it almost helped that it was in a time period um, that people needed access to Apple computers, for instance, you know, for less than the new price. Mm-hmm. So my business was booming during the recession. Wow. Um, and I, I think my business is kind of recession-proof because you know someone always needs access to technology at, at a better price than new. So I, I kind of foresee that, um, helping us during any type of market environment.
0: Interesting.
1: So I was not scared at all. <laughs>
0: yeah, that's amazing. So I want to get this right, but, um, sell is a top rated plus seller on eBay. Like you guys have an a hundred percent rating, right?
1: hundred percent positive.
0: How have you been able to? I've
1: never, I've never seen any other company at our size be a hundred percent.
0: Yeah. I've never seen any other company be a hundred percent. That's amazing.
1: Well, we have a you know, very good mindset uh, for our customer experience, and it is always making sure the customer you know, feels heard and doing the best thing for them. And there's so many other companies out there that just don't, don't take care of their customers. You know, They figure if they have a problem, they leave negative feedback, they just move on. You know, mm-hmm. We're going to reach out and solve their problem no matter what. Wow. And so even if we, what's to say, we did get a negative feedback by solving their problem, they'll go in and they'll revise it because they'll feel that they were heard. And you know, typically we even go above and beyond, you know, even make it better for them in the end. So they feel like, you know, we're a great business and they want to keep working with us in the future. And I believe I know myself, when I was running customer service um, you know, 10, 10 years ago, I was working around the clock on it. I mean, literally 24-7, I wake up at 4 a.m. and answer customer service emails mm-hmm. to make sure they got their emails, you know, answered in like a couple hours. And, you know, by being that on top of it, it did lead to just, you know, massive customer retention and those amazing reviews that you see. And I've made sure that my customer service team now has that same mindset, not to wake up in the middle of the night, but just to be super on top of it. Like, you know, I want every email answered, you know, in less than an hour to make sure that there's never no issues that kind of uh, are ongoing.
0: Excellent. So I actually, have a question about that i know you have very strong values i mean you care about customer service you have an amazing energy how do you find people on your team to have the same energy and the same positivity as you
1: oh that's a tough question (laughs) uh you know i i bring brought on a few of my friends from high school onto the business and i did see that they had that capability you know when when i brought them on um you know the positive mindset willing to help others and you know, they show that every day. So I think it's making sure you hire the right people initially, and then they'll help install the next people. Uh, so for instance, the gentleman that leads my customer service, John, you know, he is telling his team uh, you know, that that same thing that, you know, we have to be a hundred percent on top of this. And if we're 99.9% positive, that's not good enough. Anything less than a hundred percent is a fail. And wow you know they even have these like slogans like negative free negative free since 93 they they made t-shirts for it so it's that kind of camaraderie around you know showing that we're going to keep that uh, that positivity going for our customers that you know you know keeps it going year after year
0: love it great that's amazing um let's talk a little bit about what you do with a computer. Like, so normally someone has a computer, it doesn't work anymore or they upgraded, which is common in these days. How do you, how, do you mind walking us through the process of what it would look like if they just threw it out versus what you do at your company to recycle and reuse and refurbish these? Sure.
1: Yeah. So unfortunately, a lot of people do throw them out. Like literally will throw them in the trash. Wow. And if a computer goes in the trash and goes to a trash dump, the batteries are actually the biggest issue, mm-hmm. and uh, a leaky battery can ruin like five million gallons of water or something like that. Oh, so goodness. yeah, just having that get into our water table is, is really the worst thing that can probably happen. Um, and the rest of the components will probably never degrade. You know, most computers are made like a like a plastic or a metal shell that'll basically just be around forever. Mm-hmm. Um, so the flip side is if you're selling it to us if it is working or has potential to be working, we're gonna fix it and make sure we can give it a new home. But if it was not working at all and you know, basically just scrap, we're gonna go ahead and take out any components we possibly could use in the future. You know, maybe it has a, new, a good screen or you know, a good keyboard or something like that. So we'll maintain that for something else. And then we would uh, recycle the, the actual scrap with what we're uh, calling a zero landfill recycler and they make sure nothing ever goes to a landfill. It's basically stripped down to the little metal components. And then those would be, you know, sold to someone that can, you know, utilize, recycle those and turn it into something else. So it kind of keeps the keeps the world going, keeps that sustainability up. And that's our biggest goal. You know, we want to make sure these get in people's hands that can use them. So if that computer has a chance to be repaired, we're gonna we're gonna do our best effort to make sure we can fix it up and resell it.
0: That's amazing. I want to dive into two takeaways that I got from that story. So one, how did you get this like passion for kind of refurbishing these computers? Did you take apart computers when you were younger?
1: A little bit. I'm not like the engineer type tinkerer, but I did open things up just to see how they worked. And I do know how to repair computers. Um, I technically got certified. I'm an Apple certified (laughs) Mac technician, Yeah, (laughs) Um, which is kind of fun. Uh, And there's like five people on our team that had that certification. So I could do, I do, I know enough to do the repairs, but I am not that handy uh, when it comes to using a screwdriver. So I leave that to my awesome techs that I have.
0: That's what I was wondering, just because I know there's that type of person and I am not that type of person either. So Hats off to and you. The people then.
1: that are amazing at that, wow. or, you know, they're, they're crushing it. I mean, they could, you yeah. know, they could do it five times faster than I could. And they, <laughs> and they enjoy it. And yeah. a lot of people love, love to tinker and to fix things. So those are the type of people that are good technicians.
0: Interesting. Very cool. I want to talk a little bit more about your environmental, um, your environmental passion, because I know that you're on the tech side of things, but when did your love for the environment start?
1: Probably at a young age, uh, traveling—you know—just being able to see the world, and you know, wanting that world to be around in the future to show my kids and their future kids. And you know, it's like when you see like trash on the street or someone throw a cigarette butt out, like that stuff just yeah. kills me. I get mad. I'll yell at someone if they throw their cigarette butt in front of me. Wow. And Usually, usually they yell back at me because they don't like don't like me <laughs> saying you know calling them out. <laughs> but I mean, these types of things are really hurting the world. And if everyone could just do the tiniest bit, like we'd be so much better off. So that, that's my mentality. And I, you know, I think my parents were always, you know, good people in terms of not harming the environment and stuff like that. So just having that kind of installed at a young age. Um, I also really love the water. You know, you mentioned you love the water, too. I think that the keeping the ocean around is so crucial. And you know, that kills me when I see these, you know, plastic and other things getting into the ocean. So I think that's part of my job is to you know be sustainable in life, to help ensure some of that stuff doesn't get there.
0: I know. I love that. And it kills me too. I mean, seeing all these masks getting ended, getting up in oh. the water, it just kills me. It makes me so sad. And that's so interesting though, because, I don't know. For to me like technology and nature are so separate, but you you kind of combine the two and I love that you have this amazing solution to this huge, I called it a wicked problem, but it's something that's very difficult yeah. to solve. So it's fascinating work that you're doing and you're really changing the environment. You're changing the way people look at throwing away their computer, which is excellent. I appreciate
1: that. Don't yeah. throw it away whatever you do.
0: <laughs> yeah. <laughs> or recycle <it> for free. <laughs> Now that you've gotten a chance to listen to Brian's story, I want to encourage you guys to go to sellyourmac.com slash goingplaces. That's sellyourmac.com slash goingplaces in order to get a free quote and ship your device and hopefully make money off of the Mac devices that would end up in landfills. Again, his mission is near and dear to my heart. He is really making an effort to change the way that we use our old technology. And this could end up in the hands of someone who really needs a computer or an iPad or an iPhone. So if you feel so inclined and you have the Apple products that you no longer need, please check out sellyourmac.com slash goingplaces. Here's my episode. Thanks for listening. So I am really curious just because I have my podcast and I love learning the story of how entrepreneurs grew their business, but how were you able to kind of grow and get your name out for sellyourmac.com?
1: The best thing we did is SEO, which is search engine optimization. Okay, And we have built an incredible amount of content on our website. So if you search for, you know, different Apple keywords, if you search for like sell Mac, sell my Mac, we're Hmm. number one in the world on Google. And that is literally how we've grown our business. Uh, We have spent the time, energy and money to be able to grow that and maintain it. Um, You know, just this last year, I added 3000 new content pages on our website. And that's, that's, that's the way to do it. You know, frankly, it just takes uh, time and effort.
0: Yeah. And And, I know you
1: focusing on those keywords that you really want. Don't, you know, don't be too broad, you know, hone it in with whatever your customer is looking for.
0: Ooh, I like that. Sorry. I just interrupted you, but I know you have 16,000 followers on LinkedIn. So do you have a background in marketing? Is that just something you're passionate about or how'd you get into that?
1: Uh, Just passionate about it. I think I'm always good at speaking out and marketing myself Mm. Um, and just not being shy. I think goes a long way on LinkedIn you know, it's, I think about two years ago is when I started taking it a little bit seriously and, you know, posting, you know, every day or something like that. And uh, just showing yourself and being real out there is the way to go. And I think not, not enough people, you know, share themselves, whether it's on, you know, video or something like that. And just connecting with your audience is key. So, you know, being, being real and bringing value are my two biggest things there. Wow.
0: I like that. And I know your company has had massive growth. So that authenticity definitely shows. I think that's a huge, huge way to gain success, especially on LinkedIn. I think we need more of that. So that's excellent. I know
1: I can do more you know, I can share a lot more about my team and our culture and stuff like that. You know, this is a tough year to get people mm-hmm. into a room to record video with, Yeah. Um, but certainly want to do more there. And I got a lot of big plans for LinkedIn this year.
0: Ooh, good. Do you have any fun resolutions for 2021 or fun goals?
1: And say just goals no resolutions
0: Oh no resolutions okay. <laughs> I know some people are super weird about that and they have like specific words you can say I yeah so what are your to goals
1: me, I mean whatever I did last year wasn't wrong I just want to like keep improving myself so you know one of my biggest goals is around my personal health okay and last year was the first year I made that like a huge goal and mm-hmm. I lost 20 pounds last year Wow and it was literally just being healthy. Mm-hmm. And you know, by that, I mean, you know, juicing and smoothies for you know, breakfast and lunch, you know, raw protein bars, you know, things that are you know, from the earth and not, you know, processed uh, mm-hmm. go such a long way. And then also this year, being able to eat my more home cooked food and not go out to restaurants, uh, that's definitely helped. Yeah. Um, you know, I, I think I just cook way healthier than I do when I go out to eat and probably eat a lot less. So that's good. Um, so I want to continue the health journey in 2021. Um, you know, I have some issues with my, my knees and arthritis, so I really Mm -hmm. want to increase, uh, my health around that, whether it's, uh, maybe doing some more yoga, some other mindfulness and stuff is something that's Mm -hmm. top of mind. Um, you know, I haven't spent enough time doing that. You know, a lot of, a lot of my big entrepreneur friends are, you know, doing meditation and I have not uh, been able to get into that. I've tried like twice Mm -hmm. and to me to sit still, it's really difficult. Yeah. <laughs> so I think I need to get into to the right rhythm. Um, and then, in terms of uh, business goals, uh, really want to get back to to growth this year. You know, 20, 2020 was a little bit of a downturn from some of the rapid growth we had before. So, getting back into the growth, uh, being more profitable, and uh, getting our culture back to be fun again. Because mm-hmm. um, this last year wasn't quite as fun as we had hoped.
0: Oh interesting I feel like that's that's common for a lot of companies and even yeah. for school it's not online school is not as fun as regular school like I didn't connect with my professors in the same way and I was uh, even in person but it's just tough with even a mask it's a tough well, time. I had too
1: much fun in school I went to school in New Orleans
0: okay yeah I heard about that Tulane right
1: <laughs> Tulane it's crazy oh, down there
0: <laughs> really
1: <sighs> it's so much fun though but mm-hmm. yes yeah, there's too much going on I mean you got Bourbon Street right on the corner from college so there's okay. Um, a lot, a lot of ways you can get yourself into trouble.
0: <laughs> Ooh, did, were you a focused student? Cause I know you were quite the entrepreneur. Did you, did you like school or was it something that you wanted to get out of?
1: I like school when I'm learning and mm-hmm. I didn't feel like I was challenged. Okay. So I, I, so one, one key takeaway is I had a semester at Boston university when Katrina came and hit our college, my senior years, so we all got school was closed. We all got dispersed. And oh. the quality of education and professors at Boston University was unbelievable. Oh. And, you know, I, I was a senior, so, you know, I was in their, in their B school, so maybe it was that level of teachers I was interacting with, but they all had a background in what they were teaching. You know, my entrepreneurship teacher, she sold a beverage company. My mm-hmm. negotiation teacher was the head negotiator for General Motors. Wow. Like, they were so legitimate that they, 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 we didn't have a textbook, like, they, they threw that mm-hmm. out the window. Um, and that's the way I like to learn. I want to interact and learn directly from someone. So now I think about learning, I kind of look more like a mentorship, you know, what are the people doing that are really getting ahead? And, you know, so if I'm going to, you know, listen to a podcast, it's going to be from an amazing entrepreneur. I want to learn more from, or, you know, I might listen to a masterclass from someone that's just crushing it in their field. And to me, that's kind of the best style of learning.
0: I love that. What is your goal to learn in 2021? What do you want to
1: learn? Wow! Oh, I got so much. Um, like the health, the health stuff. I'm always want to learn more about that, and just you know how to how to maintain and you know live longer. Yeah. Um, there's a there's a few guys out there. This one guy, uh, Dave Asprey, uh, he runs Bulletproof Coffee. Okay. He is a He's just certified like biohacker. He's always trying to do stuff to make mm. his body better. And like these types of things are so intriguing to me. Yeah. I'm um, actually wearing something around my neck right now that's giving me magnetic energy.
0: <laughs> oh, I like it. That's cool. This
1: little, this little oh, thing. Um, yeah. So like, you know, s- stuff like that, just improving your body on a daily basis, uh, I think is, you know, is really intriguing. And I want to be in that, be involved in that in the future. Um, other things I like to learn, like future technology, like mm. what are we going to be doing, you know, 10 years from now? How is quantum computing going to change our, our entire lives? Mm. And I think that we're, you know, in a few years, especially with like education, knowing you're in college, I think that, you'll be in an AR VR world where you're not going to need a mask, but that you'll be able to interact directly with a professor in a, in a safe way around the world. And you'd be, I think we're going to be learning from you a a hundred thousand students could be in the room with the top business professor and they're able to interact with everyone at the same time. Um, So I think that's going to be a super, super cool way we can, you know, share knowledge in the future.
0: Interesting. Actually, that was one of my questions. Like what, where do you see us 10 years from now? I know you talked about school, but What do you think is, is the computer going to be replaced? Is the cell phone going to be a microchip? What do you, what do you think?
1: It's intriguing. I think everything's (laughs) going to get uh, really small. Okay. So I think, I think the definition of the computer, you know, it has a chip, like my iPhone is a computer. Mm -hmm. So I think, you know, 10 years from now, that technology will be so small. You won't be able to see it. Like it'll fit fit in your ear. (gasps) So you, you won't have to have all these devices around you and then you'll have just what you need so maybe you just need a piece of glass to you know write on or take notes on or whatever that might be and that would be you know in place of the iphone or ipad and then i i think on the computing side it's going to be uh very virtual that you won't have to have you know the computer to be your hub you could be interacting with it in the cloud and just have whatever you need to kind of look at but i think you're going to be looking at things you know through the apple glasses or google glasses whatever that is in the future um, so you'll, you'll technology will just be like integrated basically in your life. I think so close that you won't even kind of know it's there. Like you, you have to, you don't have to put it on It just, you just be in front of you. Uh, you know, we'd be doing our podcast, just, you know, walking around wherever we were just with one earbud in. you know, something like that interesting I'm very excited for the future technology though because I'm all about you know I'm on the kickstarter and indiegogo trying to you know buy all the cool tech stuff and you know test it out first
0: that's (laughs) so cool when you first said like a piece of glass the first thing that came to my mind was oh I need like a screen protector for that because I'm definitely going to drop
1: it (laughs) it'll never break in the future we'll have so much so much technology integrated into it you know Apple just said their their new glass is four times harder than just last year's Huh. So I mean, at some point, there's a there's a difference too between that uh, crack resistance um, and the hardness. Because if you actually make it super super hard, it can crack easier, like when it hits a corner and stuff like that. Mm-hmm. So you got to have that like right tolerance. Uh, but I'm sure that the future technology will have that all figured out. It'll be made of carbon. It'll you know it'll be bendable. You won't be able to break it.
0: Whoa, that's actually really
1: spooky. Yeah, if, if you're really in a technology cool repair shop, it's not going to be around in ten years because they're not going to break. <laughs> <laughs>
0: Interesting. i do have a question about that that though so this is kind of a weird topic but my senior year of high school i took a class in spanish and we learned about how sometimes like companies make technology that will break so that more people will buy technology is that true
1: <gasps> it is And i don't think that's i don't think you can like prove it yeah, but I think things are just made to break. I mean, just like general home appliances, if you buy a crappy blender, it's going to break the first year, probably. Um, you know, if you buy a really cheap, it, I think it's it, some of it's the quality. If you buy something cheaper, yeah. it's going to have to replace it faster. Okay. If you bought a really cheap pair of jeans, they're going to wear out faster when you wash them. You know, mm-hmm. some, something like that is a good thing to compare it against. So mm-hmm. I think if you spend the, tech, spend the money on the better technology, it probably will last longer when I see it more uh, is outdated on the software side is okay. that you know some people are mad they can't update their iPhone even though they have a, you know, an iPhone six, yeah. but it, you know, it would never work at that same level. So you wouldn't even want to update it. So yeah. I think it's, it's more obsolete on the, on the software side.
0: Interesting, cool stuff. This yeah, is so true. Cool. <laughs> yeah, that, that's really interesting. And I, I did have a question, but it just flew my mind. So I need to think about it. So are you a
1: Spanish expert now too?
0: Yeah, I'm a Spanish major.
1: Oh, so awesome. fun.
0: I studied abroad in Spain so I love to travel and it's I have
1: not been there. I, I hear the food in Barcelona is incredible and all my friends that did a semester abroad are freaking out about it.
0: <laughs> yes. well I hear you are a foodie. So yeah the food's amazing. I studied abroad in Valencia so they have paella, which is one of the best. Oh yeah I've ever done. I love to cook too so I love making it. And
1: you make a mean paella?
0: Yeah, I make a mean paella. <laughs> Nice for Green Bay. I make a mean paella, but yeah, scallops,
1: shrimp, mussels. Yep, all chicken. the good stuff.
0: Actually, the traditional has rabbit and snails in it.
1: Really? Yeah, I thought it was only seafood. That's nope. interesting.
0: No, it has chicken. I make it with chicken and chorizo, but yeah,
1: okay, it's
0: wild. Stuff. I like
1: snails, I like, I like my escargot.
0: Ew, interesting. Yeah,
1: highly wow. recommend it in a uh, veal reduction sauce. Oh.
0: So, are you one of those? People, fancy. I have a question. Are you one of those people where you love to try new things? Because I feel like the craziest foodies I meet are just the people who are like saying yes to everything, like skydiving, doing crazy stuff. Are you one of those people?
1: I will say yes to eating any food long as it smells good.
0: Oh!
1: If there's some like weird, sm- like I think like I have a super uh, scent smell hmm. thing going on in my brain, and if it smells weird, it just really turns me off. So I, I probably wouldn't try it, but if it looks good and smells good, I'm a hundred percent. in.
0: Ooh, good.
1: And I, and it. I guess talking about that too, is I think that, you know, food can be so beautiful. So I want my food to always look good when I you yeah. know, eat it. Even yeah. if it's takeout, I plate my takeout. It's gotta look, it's gotta look perfect.
0: <laughs> <laughs> are you actually, I wanted to ask that. I know we kind of digressed, but are you a perfectionist?
1: Um, I wouldn't say that, but I do like doing things right, but I will not go to the perfectionist point at, in terms of like, not, not getting something out because I want it to be perfect. Mm-hmm. Yeah. I'm not going to dwell on my LinkedIn post and try to perfect every word. I'm not like that. Mm-hmm. Um, my plating though, maybe I'm perfectionist when it comes to cooking. I, you know, I try to go the extra mile there Interesting. <laughs> and so- customer service. I would say I'm a perfectionist because hundred percent or nothing.
0: Yeah. I like that. Is cooking something that exhausts you or is it something that gives you energy?
1: Energy always. Mm -hmm. It's, uh, the, the mental stimulation of trying to put it all together, especially when you don't even know what you're going to do. Um, one of the things I love is just having a bunch of ingredients. I don't even know what I'm going to do until I'm just in it. And it just starts like flowing. I'll just take out like a bunch of cool stuff from the fridge and I'm just going to make this tonight.
0: Interesting. I love that, and I think that actually really connects well to entrepreneurship. Just because you kind of have to take everything together, you won't know what you're going to create
1: until it's yeah. there.
0: And you have to think on your toes, just like in cooking, especially with my That's cooking. That's a great point.
1: <laughs> yeah, no, it, it, it's a, and it, to me, it's like the creative side. Mm-hmm. You know, I, I am able to be, I am able to be creative in my business, um, but I, I do enjoy, you know, that turning on that creative energy in my brain. And you know, ever I think there's a point that, like, after age five, your creative creative juices are actually going downhill. Yeah. So it's like getting back to that that kid mentality uh, happens to me in the kitchen.
0: Ooh, I like that. And speaking they're... of the
1: kitchen, I'm I'm actually going to launch another business. Oh. And I I think it's going to be called Entrepreneurial Eats. And there's a couple different business models around it, but basically it's gonna be gathering a bunch of incredible entrepreneurs, and we're gonna share a meal together. And either it's something I'm gonna to ship to you and you're gonna finish it in your kitchen and we're gonna do the plating with Brian the Mac man, or uh, I'm gonna send you a recipe card and you can just buy like at Whole Foods or something like that and then we'll uh, cook it together. And it's really that that shared experience of the cooking, I think will get everyone's creative juices going and everyone will open up and I think we'll have some you know, amazing mindsets Then uh, we have a discussion afterwards.
0: Wow. Well, if you want to invite me, I can teach you how to make paella. I would love to be a part of that. Oh, see, guest
1: chef. This is a whole new angle. I'm going to have some guest chefs on here.
0: That's an amazing...
1: Send me your pictures. I'm going to have to vet those pictures of it first.
0: Oh, they're good. They're pretty good. (laughs) I made it a couple of times and I can make it in a college dorm room. So if you can pull that off, you can pull it... Well, that's
1: impressive then. Yeah. (laughs) I had no cookie in my college dorm room. It was 100% eating out.
0: (laughs) Yeah. So... Yeah, but this is this is an incredible opportunity. So what what drew you to basically the idea of cooking and bringing entrepreneurs together in this space of creation?
1: The energy I get when I talk to entrepreneurs, I mean, I, I feel like, you know, that if I have just energy inside myself, that's great. But if I can pull it in from, you know, 10, 20, 30 people at the same time, it'll just juice my battery even more. Mm-hmm. And hearing ideas from entrepreneurs is something that is just always intriguing to me because I like... Kind of talking about pulling the different things together i love hearing you know 15 different ideas and how can we put that into one package it up so it can actually benefit someone in the future or mm-hmm. how to pull that idea into my business you know hearing what you're doing i'm going to try that you know, with a new angle in my company uh, and i think that we're just going to create a whole new community through that mm-hmm. and it won't just be a random zoom meetup it'll be over food and i think that just it brings a whole new level of appreciation
0: yeah. I'm excited to see when like crap starts to hit the fan and the onions get overcooked or something crazy happens just to see how you guys react There's to There's going to be some
1: chaos.
0: <laughs> but I think that, I mean, well, I the guess. The one I could... is to
1: make it easy because a lot of my viewers yeah. don't have time. So I figure if I can ship them the food and it's technically prepared and they can just put it in the oven yeah, and just kind of finish it, That that's something that'd be really fun too.
0: That's really cool. I love that. And I think cooking and entrepreneurship are so similar in ways that I didn't even realize until this conversation, which is funny. There
1: you go. You brought it out to me too. I was like, oh, synthesize it all together. Perfect.
0: Yeah, <laughs> I'm excited to see where that goes. You'll have to keep videos of it just to show the conversation. Oh, it's going
1: to be on Zoom video, everyone. I, you should do it. into I'm like gonna, a... I'm about to put my date on the calendar. I'm just going to force it to happen. It's going to be next month, I think.
0: Wow. So actually that's a good, that's a good turn point. So you have this go-getter personality when you are scared to do something, how do you kind of force yourself or push yourself to try new things or grow your business or expand?
1: I recommend telling someone you're going to do it. So the fact that it's on your podcast, if I don't do it, it's almost like embarrassing to my brain. So it's kind of forcing me to go that extra mile to get it done. Yeah. And even if I don't do it forever, at least I push myself to get it done once. So I'm like, all right, get over that hurdle. But once you get it done once, it's so much easier to get it going. Yeah. It's kind of the idea of like, if you wanted to work out more, you know, going to the gym is pretty tough. But if you just said you're going to do one push up a day, there's no way you're going to get on the ground and just do one, you know, you probably do 10. And then, you know, that, that'll kind of keep going. I think it's all i just getting started. Hmm. You know, my brain just says, just start now. You know, when I wanted to do more LinkedIn, it wasn't like, this massive strategy was just start posting, just get it out there. And you'll kind of build and learn as you go. And I'm not afraid to, you know, kind of dive in and like micro fail, like what, you know, what's figure out what's not working early on. Um, and then, you know, tweak it from there. So just kind of get started, be my mentality.
0: Ooh, I love that. That's really good. Really cool stuff. I want to dive into your TEDx talk, because I know that was a scary thing that you had to do. So can you talk about your Freaked experience? out. <laughs> Can you talk about that experience?
1: So the TEDx talk uh, allowed me to speak about my give back within my business that's called Trade In for a Purpose. Okay. And I'm super passionate about giving technology to underserved students. You know, I grew up uh, very privileged. I want people to have the opportunity to have technology to learn and grow on their own and hopefully start businesses and stuff like that. And just I think that the, having an Apple computer is just an amazing tool to do so. So I was super excited to get involved in the TEDx talk. I had to go down to Atlanta. This is about two months ago now. It was the only time I flew on a plane during this whole pandemic. So I had to get over that to get down there. Uh, and it was a very small venue because of COVID, obviously. Okay. I think there was maybe 40 people in the audience or something like that. And that was a restriction you know, from, the, um, from the facility there. So although it was a small audience in person, there was a huge live streaming audience. Okay. And knowing that my friends and family and my LinkedIn followers are watching me, it made me really nervous. And I hardly ever get nervous, so it's a it's a it was a crazy feeling. I, I almost had like a, a nervous breakdown because it was so intense. Yeah. yeah. And uh, one of the guys that just just done his talk, he came up to me. His name's uh, Wallo, and he is a crazy inspirational speaker. Okay. He actually was in jail for twenty years, and he was able to. Uh, get cell phones inside to start his Instagram account while in jail, and now he has the number one podcast like in the world. Oh my Uh, god! Wallow two six seven, I think it is, or two four seven on top of my head. Um, and he he came out to me. He was like, Brian, just show him your passion. That's all that matters. And I was like, fine. Uh And I was able to kind of talk myself (laughs) out of my um, you know, worrisome mental state that I was going to mess up. And I went out there, and I couldn't even have I, I mean, I was basically that what I was going to say came out, but I didn't even know what I was saying because I was being so passionate. I think I was screaming <laughs> like I was just all in. I was in my head. I was like, I'm going to lay it on the table. I don't care what anyone thinks. This is me. I'm going to do it. Um, and I just I shared what I shared what I wanted to about helping these kids. And I think it's going to help out more people. And my message was a lot about, you know, making sure others were going to bring people up as you know, it's, what yeah. are you going to do to you know, help the world? and hopefully that inspired more people to you know gift technology to do that it's like in my one of the big things was you probably have a apple device somewhere in your house that you're not using yeah if you gift it to someone it could change their life exactly it could could save their life um and i think that everyone did that i mean it it would make a a huge mark on the world so that's what i'm trying to do with trading for a purpose
0: that's amazing. And I was actually going to ask about that because I think that's such an amazing opportunity to give children the access to computers and how, yeah. has, how has COVID impacted that? Because I know a lot of people who are, who don't have the resources that I had growing up, they probably don't have a computer. Is that really affecting different communities? And I know inner cities or any, any other place where they don't have the resources to get computers?
1: I think it's having a, a huge effect, and fortunately, I think a lot of governments are stepping up now to mm. help facilitate getting computers in people's hands. And mm. maybe it's not enough, but they'll definitely they're making some headway. Like I know for our um, in my community in Cincinnati, Cincinnati Public Schools was able to get a computer to every single student. And but that wasn't happening to be. I think the beginning of the pandemic was much worse off because no one had that access. But now I think they're starting to figure out ways to get technology out to the right people. um but still it's a constant need especially you know underserved communities there might be you know five people in the same household and only have one computer and that doesn't work when three people need to be on zoom at the same time or you know google class or google classroom whatever it might be um so getting more computers out there in their hands is going to be crucial it's tough to necessarily you know there's some people though they don't necessarily raise their hand they don't know how to reach us Mm. so i need to go through organizations that have that reach so you know locally I work with two nonprofits that are more involved in the school system and stuff like that and they know who they know who needs technology so I okay. think uh, you know partnering up with those organizations is some some of the ways that we're going to need to grow this.
0: Yeah. That's very good. And I think, I think it's really vulnerable to like have to ask for it. I would think just being in someone else's shoes, like it's probably yeah. really difficult to be able to, to reach out and be like, Hey, I, I need one because they might be like, Oh, maybe someone else needs one instead of me or something like that. Like that mentality They might,
1: they might not want to say, it or they might not know who to reach out to. There's not yeah. as many clear channels of, you know, where to go for something like that.
0: Exactly. Um,
1: so hopefully the schools and governments, you know, keep providing some funding and get these computers out there because the yeah. people desperately need it.
0: Yeah. And you're doing excellent work trying to get everyone access to a computer because it changes lives. I mean, it changed your life in a different way, but it it really did. It
1: did. That's one of the biggest reasons I, you know, why I'm so passionate about the business is I can give back by, you know, giving that technology to someone else. Even if they're paying for it, hopefully it's still, you know, giving value to them and their life.
0: I love that. I really like that. That's really good advice. And just you're doing amazing things. I have a, a couple more questions. I know we're running a little short on time, but I noticed you're an ordained minister. So can you talk about that experience? That's, <laughs> that's interesting. What's it like being in the middle of a marriage, I guess, marrying two people? I've done, uh,
1: I've done two ceremonies so far. So I first became an ordained minister when my uncle got certified to perform my wedding ceremony. Okay. There's a whole backstory to that that we won't go into. <laughs> um, so but I took that and then my brother asked if I would perform his wedding ceremony. And at the time, I actually had not done a wedding yet. So I knew I needed to, I, I didn't want his, his to be my first.
0: Okay. So actually,
1: I, I, got on, I got on Thumbtack Pro and I was paying for ads to get someone to, to hire me. So I had no feedback or any of, you, know, you know, why would you hire someone never done a wedding before? And that was crazy. And you know, I went <laughs> to her wedding. There was no, no one helping out with any wedding planning. It was in a park. They looked at me oh. and asked me how to make the procession happen and do everything. So I just made it up on the fly. Oh my god! You know, being the entrepreneur that I am, I was just like, all right, well, everyone's looking at me to give guidance. I'm just going to go for it. I, I, I knew oh. nothing.
0: <laughs>
1: huh. Uh the thing that i'm good at is giving giving the talk so i was yeah. uh, you know very poised on stage you know i shared mm. about their lives and stuff like that so i think i did pretty well during my f- first ceremony so that was a little bit of the practice then my brother obviously knowing much more about him and you know his wife now i was able yeah. to you know give much more uh fun facts and you know much more lively talk yeah. i've never seen the audience laugh so much at a wedding Uh, I think I had about five points. Five points audience was rolling laughing and uh, I had a ton of people afterwards. So the best ceremony they've seen their entire lives. So now I'm kind of inspired to do more.
0: That's amazing. (laughs) It was fun. Just
1: hearing that, hearing that amazing feedback and creating that energy uh, was something that I'm definitely passionate about. So if Mm -hmm. I can, I actually have a saying, I want to marry someone underwater and then pair the wines at their wedding ceremony. (laughs) This will combine my ordained minister, my scuba certification, and my uh, and my Somali air certification.
0: Interesting. Well, I'm only 20. I'm not getting married anytime soon, but that I'd get married underwater. I think my mom would kill me, my grandma would murder me, but I'd do it. So maybe I might might if you want, we can
1: snorkel. We don't we don't have to go full scuba.
0: Okay. (laughs) That's excellent. I'll make an exception. Okay, good. Good. Um, I have one final question. I think we covered so many amazing things about your business and just who you are as a human being. And I love, I guess my final question can wait, but I love your energy and I love how you capture the energy of a room. I think we are very similar in that way where you love to bring people up. That's something you love doing. And I really noticed that in this interview. So I wanted to end it with a bang because I always have one last question that I stump everyone with. So uh, if you could go... uh, let me give a backstory. So my podcast was originally a travel podcast, but then I decided to meet crazy, amazing people, including yourself. But I kept the last question because it stumps everyone. So if you could travel anywhere in the world, where would you not go?
1: I would not go somewhere that didn't have water. Oh, not. the Yeah, desert. it has to have water. So in the middle of the desert is not my jam. Okay. Um, yeah, don't put me in the middle of the Sahara Desert. That's probably my least favorite place to be. Mm,
0: good <laughs> answer. Is that why you wear blue all the time?
1: I wear blue because my company colors, but I mean, blue is my vibe. I definitely mm. uh, enjoy wearing blue. Um, and I love the water. So yeah, super passionate about that. It's funny because when you were saying those words, I was already jumping to what you were saying. I thought you were going to say, where do you want to travel? And my answer was going to be, I want to go island hopping.
0: Oh, uh, that's cool! <laughs> that's, the best
1: that. <laughs> experience in my entire life. I did island hopping for three weeks in the British Virgin Islands. Uh, mm-hmm. It was actually where I learned to scuba and learned to sail, and it was just such an incredible experience.
0: I should scuba dive. Do you watch the show Below Deck? I know, no, never heard there. of it. It's a show where people work on a boat and that's just something I'd love to do because they're in the water
1: all the time. <laughs> oh my God. It's so much fun. I mean, I, I, yeah. li- I lived on a boat for three weeks. I slept under the stars.
0: That's amazing.
1: I mean, it's incredible. If you haven't been to the BBIs, Red Virgin Islands, highly recommend. I've never been. You can see like hundreds of feet through the water. It's that clear.
0: Wow. Have you ever surfed?
1: I'm not that good at it. I have. I did surfing okay. in Hawaii uh, yeah. twice. My neck hurt so much. I didn't know what to do with myself. <laughs> um, and I surfed once with my buddies in LA, and okay. you know, they were they were much better than I was. You know, I, I think I rode one wave, and that was okay. like, yeah, <laughs> it's hard.
0: Yeah, it's it's really hard. I oh, love you're it. A big Surfer. I've done it since I was ten, so I got pretty good. When I was little, cause I weighed like 90 pounds, but now I'm trying to get it back. I mean, I haven't surfed in a couple of years cause of COVID. I haven't been able to travel, but I miss it.
1: Well, it's hard in your state. <laughs> yeah.
0: It's hard in my state. I tried in Wisconsin once, but it didn't work out. So,
1: <laughs> oh man, you go yeah. to those, like wave pool things. You know, if they have those. <laughs> yeah.
0: Those are really new. I'd want to try that though. I'd love to try that.
1: Yeah. I get a little mini, little mini surfboard or something like that.
0: Yeah. We'll see. Maybe. Where Maybe. in the
1: world would you go surfing?
0: Ooh, where would I go surfing? Oh, that's a good question. I don't know. Maybe. I don't know. Cause I like the energy. So I grew up surfing in like Waikiki in the city and I love like being around other people. I love like seeing the new tourists. Yeah. On their first wave. I love teaching people. So I've coached people how to surf just random oh, cool. strangers.
1: Just help and them out.
0: So, yeah. So I think that's kind of where I'd want to go now. Cause I haven't been. I haven't been many other places. All right. Back to
1: Hawaii. Let's do it. Let's go to bliss Island to visit my friend, Eric. He's he's got some good surfing on his beach.
0: Yeah. And then we should bring entrepreneurs and cook with them.
1: I love it. (laughs) I'm all in great. I want to. I want to do it too. (laughs) Great.
0: Well, thank you so much for being on the show again. I'm so grateful. Oh, where can my listeners find you? That's a good question to end on.
1: So if you go to sellyourmac.com, that's a great place to find the business. Mm-hmm. And if you if you're on that website, you also can click on Buy Renewed to buy our buy our renewed products. Mm-hmm. If you want to find me personally, the best place is LinkedIn. If you search for Brian Burke, I got a bow tie on. I'm gonna keep the bow tie going probably indefinitely. Oh, there's animals doing a blue bow tie with my name, so I'm easy to find on there. And we'll drop we'll drop a link to my profile in your uh, in your show notes.
0: Yes, we will. Thank you so much for being on the show. I'm so excited to see where your company this goes. It's a lot
1: of fun. I love your energy too. <laughs>
0: Thank you. I'm feeling,
1: oh I'm feeling your blue energy, and I got you got Good. the blue surfboard. You got the <gasps> you got the blue scarf. You got the yeah. blue amulet. Hello, so, crystal. Yeah, blue crystal, all in.
0: That was my interview with Brian Burke, chief Mac man at sellyourmac.com. I hope you guys were as inspired by his story as I was. I literally was beaming with a smile on my face that whole interview. He's amazing. And... I really love his mission. He's so motivating. So if you have any Mac products that you know are no longer using that just gather up dust in your house, please go to sellyourmac.com slash goingplaces. This is where you can possibly get money or change lives or just recycle an old product through brian's amazing website so thanks for tuning in i hope you guys can find value in his story and in his company and i wish you guys an amazing day i can't wait to see where you go bye